0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. One thing you want to do if you do follow her is you probably don't want to talk bad about the Cowboys, right? <laughs> this is when a nerd starts over this is dan as usual and i'm uh, extremely excited because well i guess you know i use twitter all the time and i follow a whole group of different people and they could be into so many different things I, i follow people who are into video games into sports um, and just recently, I've been noticing a little trend when I, st- I see that people are actually talking about mental illness. Now, uh, this person who I'm going to have on the show today um, not only suffers from mental illness, but, you know, she's also a Giants fan, so I know we get along. But she is, you know, awesome enough to to want to get on this show and talk about her own struggle. So I want to introduce you guys to Alex.
1: Hey.
0: So... Um, I, it's, it's weird. I mean, I, I, I use Twitter so much. Like, I, I really feel the need that I should probably delete my Facebook account. I mean, because I feel like I use Twitter more than Facebook. I mean, do you find that also? Oh yeah, for sure. I
1: mean, Facebook is just like a family type
0: thing now. It's like, I know that like the only thing, I know that's the only reason why I keep Facebook is because like, I, I get constant like, you know, Messages from like my family. I mean, embarrassing also, you know, and I, I mean, the fact that my mom will message me on there, I mean, that should be a sign that I need to get off of that. Um, yeah. But um, Twitter is awesome. Like, I know that you tweet a lot. I mean, is there, um, why do you prefer Twitter over all other uh, social medias? I mean, do you use Instagram also? Um, I miss everything. Definitely
1: Twitter more than anything, though. And I guess Twitter because. You have such a wide variety of people that you come across, and, you know, it's, I, I don't want to call it a safe place because there's definitely uh ignorance on there, but, uh, you know, it's just the connections that are important that I found on Twitter for sure. Yeah, I, I,
0: before I first started, uh, you know, when I first I like, got my account it was literally just when like I think when the, before the Giants won like their first World Series uh you know in I mean, 2010 um and well the first in that five year period but uh and I was just connecting with Giants fans cuz it was a cool thing to do and you meet different people um but now it's kind of evolved from that um and yeah, I I agree there's a lot of negative stuff out there. It's kind of crazy what you see out there but um, I I love it and I think That's how I kind of found That you were suffering From some of the same stuff that Me and like millions all over the world Suffer from too which is mental illness and like Anxiety so um, I wanted to Talk about that um, Now when did you say That you uh, noticed that you uh, started Suffering from mental illness um, So
1: I mean now that I'm older And I look back on it I can tell that you know I've pretty much had it my whole life, mm-hmm. but when it finally hit me that something you know was maybe wrong or you know not normal, I was around the age of sixteen mm-hmm. um and you know you just I guess everyone gets to a point where it's so bad that they come to figure out like okay, something's wrong, you know, obviously.
0: Now, what was it like? What was it when you turned 16? What was it that you noticed, like, okay, this is not normal?
1: Um, I guess just things that have happened in life. And, you know, I feel like it's really easy for people to say, you know, well, everyone goes through something and everyone has hard times. But, you know, not everyone is the same and everyone handles things a lot differently. And when you already, you know, when you suffer from a mental illness, Um, it's especially hard to, you know, battle past tragedies that happen in your life. And I think that, you know, it can either be triggered by something that's happened or, you know, you're just a person who, like me, we naturally just an anxious person and, you know, who knows what really brought it to my attention. But, um... Eventually, my
0: parents just saw a change in me that they thought wasn't normal, so we just took it from there. Yeah, it's it's weird because um, mental illness is kind of hard to define. You know, like you know, it for for me, it's not just like oh, I don't feel like going out today, or I'm like really, it's just I just I'm just really sad today. I mean. There's no for me. Some days I wake up and there's no reason to be sad, but I'm just sad. I'm just depressed. You know, um, yeah, there's no yeah. way. And and for me, what bothers me, and I think it's important why people like you and me to do shows like this is so that it will better, like you know, give it will give other people who who don't suffer more knowledge about it. You know, because I know that you've dealt with this probably where you were maybe depressed or maybe you were anxious, and someone just said to you, "Oh, just cheer up." I mean, just you know, do something.
1: Yeah. Or even like you said, there just not being a reason for how you're feeling, but not even being able to describe what you're feeling. Um, You know, that's a really key um, point where, you know, people should think or, you know, come to the conclusion of, you know, maybe I should, you know, go talk to someone or, you know, seek help because, you know, it's okay to do both of those things. Uh, you know, I feel like a lot of people put their pride or their ego um, first, and that's just what causes it
0: to be worse. You know? Yeah, it's 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 crazy because I I'm, I'm I mean like, I I grew up in a broken family, and um, I think a lot of that a lot of people who suffer from like mental illness, um, you can probably look at that as like one of the major reasons. Like you know, you 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 grow up in a broken family. Um, or maybe you you know, you know had a single mom and you didn't have that father figure or things happened in your childhood that you can't explain, like you felt abandoned. And it's kind of sad because I know, I know that we have like such a high divorce rate, um, almost like yeah. 50%. So if you think about that, if that's getting bigger and bigger, then probably the cases of mental illness are probably going to increase too, I mean, you think? Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Um, you know, my situation was single mom – never had a you know father figure around when i did it, it
0: was pretty toxic and those were definitely huge triggers for me. yeah it's um and I, I'm, I i know that as we as this goes on as like we find out that the divorce rate gets higher and higher um it's going to be harder i mean because now how would that work in a relationship so if like say i'm broken you grew up like say in a broken family how that could translate into a serious relationship that you might want to have and I mean have you ever had any of those issues where your mental illness um, affected relationships? Definitely
1: um, not even with just a significant other but you know with friendship you know family relationships um, it affects everything uh, just daily, you know things that you do on a daily basis aren't ever the same uh, you know and, I feel like a lot of people think about mental illness as being a continuous thing, which, you know, obviously it is, but there's good days and there's bad days. Uh, but I mean, yeah, even in personal relationships, you know, a lot of people, you know, with social media and I'm so happy that it's you know mental illness has a bigger platform and it you know, there's people who speak out about it, but you come across people who still don't even believe that it's a real thing, you know, or deny it. If, if you um, come across someone like that and you're in a relationship with them, then it's hard to relate. They don't understand. Uh, it causes all kinds of problems.
0: Yeah, like I, I know, like for example, like my girlfriend, she doesn't suffer from mental illness at all. Um, but, you know, I do. So there there are times when, you know, I'll wake up and I'll, I'll just be depressed. And I'm like, I just want to stare at the TV and watch Netflix forever and not leave the house. And she just has to understand that, you know, like that's that's just how he's feeling right now. There's nothing that I could do personally to help him get over that. It's just something that he needs to do um, to yeah. get to get right, you know. Um, okay. So have you had that before with, with a significant other where you've had – issues over trying to explain your mental illness to them?
1: Explaining it, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty open about how I feel and the things that I go through. Um, But like I said, if you have a partner who hasn't experienced it or doesn't really know anyone else who suffered from it, uh, just the the point of relating to each other is really hard. You know, the past relationships I've been in, um, this last one, even, you know, it's like, sometimes you don't even, you can't even describe how you feel, and it's hard for them to understand, you know, why you're sad, or why you're, you know, so much, um, you know, it's easier for you to get more frustrated, or, you know, definitely, it's definitely affected relationships, and
0: yeah it's like also i want to let you know also just as a side note this show right here i, I tag it like under explicit so hey. if you if you want to cuss or something like that don't worry about like oh he's gonna to have to censor that i don't I don't, okay, do yeah. I don't do anything like that um yeah okay but yeah i mean i i totally understand you know how that goes um well, well if that's the case I mean, have you ever tried have you ever been in a relationship with someone who suffered from mental illness also
1: I've never been in a relationship with someone who has. Um, in my past relationship, I believe it, that maybe he has um, suffered from, you know, maybe a form of depression, but he doesn't even know it or he's still in denial. Uh, but you can definitely tell when someone, you know, they just have, when they're kind of like you, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. And- it's crazy too. I don't know if you if you uh have ever had this happen too, where it just comes like you'll have the best day, and just like randomly, you just have like the worst like you know period of the day ever. You you and it just ruins your whole day. Right. I mean, and it, there's no explanation for it. It's like you you have a great day, everything's fine, works fine, family's fine, and then you're just depressed or you're just anxious for no reason. You start breathing hard, uh, for no reason, and it's extremely frustrating.
1: Yeah extremely
0: Now, uh, um what so are those your only triggers is it just like stuff that happens you know with the the toxic family life in the in when you're younger um i
1: mean those were triggers in the past i say triggers now would be uh, i'm not a very confrontational person so conflicts triggers my anxiety i don't like to argue i'll avoid it at all costs uh, Just because it does, you know, I can have an argument with someone and then the next two days, I'm just as anxious as ever. Uh, Sometimes work triggers my anxiety, but, you know, you've got to work. Certain people in your life can trigger your anxiety, believe it or not. Um, I've learned that some people you just have to love at a distance because they make you that shit crazy
0: yeah like I mean do you ever and that's crazy because I know that we talked about like social media because you know Facebook Twitter all that stuff that can be a source of like anxiety also
1: it does occasionally yeah yeah for sure Um, because and that's the part about social media that can be negative and you know and I've experienced it and you know those that follow me know that I'm pretty much an open book about mental illness and you know the struggles that I've had in my life but there's always those few people that have something negative to say or they don't understand so you know they'll do whatever they can to bring you down and even that causes anxiety you know when you're a person who suffers from depression or anxiety you know being judged you know it's hard enough to open up
0: yeah it's um I noticed that with like you know I actually get like I don't know if you know we live in this world where like everything's like you know you can re- reach people really fast whether it's like messaging through like Facebook or um, direct message through Twitter but I actually get like a weird kind of anxiety when it comes to like texting people where it's like you know are they gonna respond or did did they are they ignoring me or are they mad at me because they haven't responded I, it's just this, all these like little things. Are great because I mean, you know, if, say if you have a social anxiety and you can't be around new new people or you're not mm-hmm. good with face to face contact, you do have, you can use your phone to reach people and text people, but then that's a different type of anxiety that might come with it, which is like, you know, they might not text me back. Um, what do they mean by that? Are they angry with me because they responded like that? I mean, I feel like it's like good and bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, I understand
0: that too. Yeah. I mean, um, but now, what since you do like I mean, for example, like how often do you think you have an issue with mental illness? Like, say per week, how often does it happen
1: for you? Um, kind of hard. Like I said, there's good days and there's bad days. Um, sometimes I can go several weeks with just feeling good, like one hundred percent. And then there's weeks where every day seems harder than the day before. Uh. It's really, really hard for me to give an exact because it's so inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything can change. Like you said, you could be having the best day ever, you know, everything's going right. And then it just dawns on you, you know, and you're just unreasonably sad and you have no idea why. Um, uh, I, to be fair, I'd say maybe one day a week, um, Luckily, I have, I feel a lot more control with how I feel and what I go through than I did even last year, and becoming mentally stronger and in touch with your feelings and what's going on is really helpful, and it's helped me a lot to overcome anxiety and depression and, you know, just mental illness as much. Well.
0: Yeah, so... um What do you do then, like what do you do when you, what do you do to, do you have any advice to like if you want to, for the people who listen to this, like if they cope from like depression or like anxiety, do you have any, what do you do to get away from all that?
1: (laughs) Honestly, um, lots of things, Uh, but I am a huge believer in medicating with cannabis. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know that some people may frown at that, but It's the most natural way to either boost how you feel or mellow yourself out. Um, I'm a pretty active person. Throwing myself into things like my job or focusing on something that I'm passionate about really helps, you know, to distract your mind and, you know, give good energy. But my ultimate thing is definitely, you know, cannabis, for sure.
0: Like, when you mean active, like, what are you, like, what, like, are you into, like, outdoor activities and stuff? Is that what you what you do?
1: Oh, yeah, like, working out, um, just trying to live an active life. If it's, you know, traveling, I travel a lot, that makes me really happy, uh, I always tell people who are suffering or are having a hard time, it's okay to just selfish and do things for you, and I feel like that's something that a lot of people uh, struggle with is just doing for you. But when you're struggling, the most important thing you can do is to just focus on you. That's like the best advice that I can give. Do what makes me happy. I travel. I spend a lot of time with my family. Uh if it's working out, it's working out. Um, you know, if it's Por thing that's really something that I love to do that just gets me in a good mood and you know even if they're kicking me
0: off or, or, or. <laughs> well well, you know what i actually I, I there's one thing I actually wanted to ask you about 'cause then you know I saw you this cause i I work at a place where we discuss lots of different like diets and and things like that um <clears throat> I think I saw you. Post something about like keto. What? You have to explain what the hell is that, dude? Because I, I, and I'm, I, I, it's sad because I mean, I'll tell you off the you know this show where you know where I work, and you're gonna be like, why don't you know this stuff? But what exactly is that?
1: So. (laughs) i don't know the technical de- definition of keto uh but keto for me is a low to no carb style uh, and i'm also lactose intolerant so it makes it even harder for me but pretty much all i eat is uh, good fats protein and vegetables
0: wow okay
1: uh, and i'm not like you know the queen of keto i don't Stick to it every single day, um, but I've been doing it for the past—I want to say—since February, maybe the beginning of March. And you know, the weight loss is great. I feel like just you know, even concentrating on keto is just has helped me so much in a mental aspect, if that even makes sense. Um, because I've become passionate about it, and you know. Honestly, I feel like everyone's talking on the train, but I've never seen anyone post anything negative about it, and everyone has had a good result, so it's,
0: it's incredible. Wow, okay, so I always wonder that, because I mean, I see it like, like on Instagram, people are posting their plates of like keto eating, and I've never just went and like asked, like, what exactly is that? So I mean, I'm lactose intolerant too, so I know your struggle when it comes, because I love ice cream so much but I have to do it. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, can't, I can't really have it. But um,
1: I know a few people on keto who are like, eat cheese, uh, eat sour cream, <laughs> and eat as much cheese as you can, but I can't. So, you know, it's definitely another setback in the diet. Um, and eating, you know, originally back in my high school days, I was a vegetarian for like a solid year and a half, almost two years. So now eating amount of meat that I eat, it's been definitely a, an adjustment
0: for me. How does that, okay, so, you know, I, I'm i am a pescatarian, so I, I mean, I eat fish, but um, I do eat dairy, you know, like I'll have eggs or something like that uh, just for protein. Um, and I've always wondered, because I, how how long did it take you to get back to normal? If you're a vegetarian for like two and a half years to go back to eating meat, I mean, how long did it take you to have your, your body acting normally again? Because it's got to be kind of a weird, like, it, it
1: was definitely weird. Um and I, I remember the first meal that I had that involved meat was a hamburger and I was just so sick for like a solid week after and I just I, I wouldn't say that I gave up on being a vegetarian because that sounds ignorant. But it just really wasn't for me. Um I am like a big Thing chicken junkie i've never been a huge bread meat either but now i'm keto. that's all i eat is you know meats with high fats and lots of protein uh so yeah, but i tell people that they look at me like what but it's, <laughs> it's working a lot better for me
0: yeah so if you don't mind me asking like what made you want to try being a vegetarian for a bit
1: Other than it being, like, the cool thing to do, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess because I've always kind of been a pescatarian until now on you keto. Know, uh, just, you know, all I really ever ate was fish, occasional chicken. Um, I don't know. It just seemed easy. I wanted to give it a try, but it wasn't for me.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it was weird because um, I remember uh, – when i when i first i because i've been pescatarian pescatarian for about like i would say like a little over like three years now um oh. and uh i remember like i loved hamburgers right that was like my favorite thing like hamburgers and like pepperoni pizza and, like fried chicken were like my favorite so for me to change and then go from like fake like meatless products to like you know because they can make anything meatless you know what i'm saying like the the vegetarian yeah. burgers now are like so real. I mean, it's it's crazy. Uh, 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 fake ribs. I mean, like just everything. Uh,
1: they have they have fake everything now, and I mean it's awesome. What are those burgers called? It's not real beef. Um, I've seen those, and i like soul foods, and that's the big popular item that vegetarians eat now. They
0: didn't have any of that stuff though when I was doing it. <laughs> yeah,
1: you you had to I like... tried harder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um I don't know, but you know, I, I have to admit though, like, because, you know, my daughter, she she eats meat of course. i you know, I mean she's she's ten, so she's a growing girl, so she's constantly like, you know, eating, you know, different kinds of protein and stuff. But I really miss spam. Like, spam. <laughs> I, I I missed it. Like, do do you eat spam? I've never had it though. No. Are you serious? Have you been to Hawaii? I've
1: never been to Hawaii.
0: No. Oh my god. Okay. So, <laughs> you go to Hawaii. That'll be probably one of the first times you're gonna have spam because like spam is like in everything. Like it's in every meal. You go to McDonald's in 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 Hawaii. They're gonna have meals with spam in it so wow I mean but it's just the grossest thing though like if you read what exactly is in spam I mean it's disgusting but it's so good I miss it so much
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know I've never had it but maybe one day I'll give it a try if there's no (laughs)
0: cart oh man I don't know (laughs) I don't think so but so you said you like to travel like what's the most interesting place or your favorite place that you've ever traveled to
1: Um, My favorite place was Belize. I went to Belize, I want to say, two years ago. Um, It was beautiful, like breathtaking. Uh, We went snorkeling in uh, the the Barrier Reef that's out there. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Apparently, it's the biggest live barrier reef. Um, It was amazing. The most amazing trip I've ever been on. I... We can just anyone who wants to hear the most powerful yet want to go to believe, and the people
0: there. I mean, that's the best part about Dallas. I mean, like, meeting different people. That and that's um, awesome. I, I I've never been. I I mean, actually, I'm, I'm pretty like I'm definitely scared of like flying. So it's like I I haven't really traveled many places just because I don't I'm not really good with flights. But um, if you had to, what, what's I guess like. If you had to have like one place that's definitely like on your bucket list to travel to, where would that be? Costa Rica. Where? Costa Rica? No way. Okay. Okay. Why? Uh,
1: Why? I'm, I'm actually going there next April, so I'm super excited. Oh, nice. Um, but it's funny you mentioned that was a huge uh, trigger for me too, is flying. But doing it more consistently, I just got over the fear. Um, but I remember the first few times I traveled, I freaked out. My anxiety was like through the roof. Could
0: not even bear to open my eyes on the plane. Yeah, like I, I have to fly like to uh, New York in September, and um, I mean, I've, I've flown to the Philippines, but I was like a kid. You know, I was like a, I was like a fifth grader, so you don't really know, like. It's not really a yeah. – you're, you're more worried about this is taking too long when you're on a flight. You're not worried about, like, I'm – you know, I'm, I'm in, you know, any anxiety. But now that I'm doing this, like, I'm doing it by myself, and I, I figure out, like, the planning that goes into booking a flight, you know, landing somewhere. Never been in New York before, so I'm like, how am I going to get from where to, like, my hotel? Like – Which is weird. I I mean, like, I hate doing like adultish things because it's like I've never really done that. But um, I had to book a hotel uh, in New York, and I had no clue like what's considered a bad area. And there was this place that looked really, really cheap. It was like ninety dollars a night, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that sounds great. I think I'll 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 try that." And I started reading the reviews because I'm like, "Why is this place only ninety dollars a night?" And so.
1: Always
0: question to I know and so I looked and I guess like everyone was saying like this place is great if you don't mind male nudity. I'm like what what, what kind of place is this? And so I'm like I probably can't stay there. That probably wouldn't work for me but um, yeah. it, it's just I don't know that kind of like you know area. I'm not really sure you know where to stay. So um, luckily I did find a place but have you been in New York?
1: I've never been to New York. I'm supposed
0: to be out there next month, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Nice, nice. So, so you're going to New York, too. So when you get back, please give us some tips on how to survive in New York because uh, yes. that's going to be awesome. So do you have anything else that you use to, like, help escape from your um, from anxiety or triggers? Hmm. Like, do you watch movies? Or like, do you are, do, are you a big Netflix person, or, or anything like that?
1: You know, I'm not a big TV person. I guess um, if I am watching TV though, I could say sports. Um, I, you know, obviously, I'm a huge sports fan. Uh, that keeps my mind pretty busy all the time. Um, and shockingly, my teens don't give me anxiety. They just stress me the hell out. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I guess I would say sports.
0: Um, and that's what my Twitter originally was—was was, um, a sports account, and then I slowly just started opening up about, you know, personal things, and that's where it's gone. So, I mean, we're both Giants fans, right? Mm-hmm. So, I I think it's awesome when it, it see. I think out of all the sports, right? Um, it's hard uh, to describe baseball to someone who does not. Like baseball. Yes, and it's hard
1: to convince someone that doesn't like baseball that baseball is the best sport in
0: the world. I don't, like, I I try to convince my girlfriend like nonstop like Hey, we gotta go to Giants game. You're gonna love it. Blah blah. blah. And she's like, you know, it's it's boring. It's three hours of just sitting there. But. She's fine. Once we talk about, you can get alcohol there, but it'll cost you like fifteen dollars a beer. But
1: yes. By the way, let me just shout this drink out on this podcast. Um, if you if you're in the area and you go to Intake Park and you're a big wine fan, there is a bar near I want to say Section One Nineteen that sells something called a Frosé. Cocktail. It's a frozen rosé cocktail with vodka. It is the greatest drink
0: of all that. Are the you greatest. serious? Okay, see, that's one way to get my girl to go to mention that drink. So I will definitely tell her about that drink. Um, yes. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's tough because, like, I mean, for example, if you were to, to describe basketball Or football to someone who's not really into that sport, you know, they can kind of get into it because if they watch it, there's just a lot of action. There's like stuff going on like every five seconds, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But in baseball, it's slow. I mean, each like each pitch means something. It's not just a guy throwing it anywhere um, to describe a double play or an infield fly. It's not like the easiest game to explain to someone. It's not.
1: It's really. I mean, I'm not trying to say, like, football or basketball. They're not mental sports, because they are. Um, I played basketball for 13 years. It was extremely hard mentally and physically. But baseball is so much more dynamic, in my opinion. Um, it's like a game of strategy,
0: I guess, to say. Yeah, it's like chess. You know, it's like, you know, if a guy's pitching, like we have like Bumgarn who's like pitching or something like that, and he's hitting certain spots, it's not, that's all part of the plan. It's not because I'm just going to throw it and see where it goes. You know? Yeah, no, it's, he's literally, you know, and it's
1: crazy. I mean, pitchers study the guy coming up to bat beforehand, you know, to know what they swing at, you know what they're more likely to, you know, strike out against. And it, it's tough to remember all that stuff, you know, and the signs that the catcher is throwing down. I I couldn't do it. That's why I
0: watch it. <laughs> I know, like, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the hardest thing, like, I, I always felt that, out of all sports, the hardest thing to do is to hit a home run. Like, yeah, you, you might be able to hit a three-pointer once in a while. You could shoot, like, maybe if you never played basketball and you just, like, threw it up there sometimes. You you might you'll make a shot, you know. In football, you, oh, could, yeah, you you could catch a football. You know what I'm saying? But to throw to hit a 90 mile per hour fastball over the fence. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, it, on TV it looks kind of slow. But if you were to see it in person, you're like, no way! How are you gonna hit that? And
1: when you hear the ball, you know that that cracks the ball. It, you know when it's the home
0: run. Yeah. Yeah. Like I um, did you watch the All Star Game at all? I did, yeah.
1: That was a great display of the most talented baseball players in
0: the game. Yeah, like I, I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I agree with you. I think I, I believe that you know, baseball, most of my favorite sport. I know around here in the Bay Area, right now, it's you know, it's it's the, everyone's still talking about the Warriors, but for me, baseball has always been like king for me since i was like six years old so um mm-hmm. i appreciate you know the park plus i mean that's probably another way to get my girlfriend to go to the park too is just how how beautiful at&t park is i think it's probably the best park in all in all the baseball i i one thousand percent agree
1: like, you know the location is great i will complain about the parking every single time especially because they're just constantly building and taking parking off
0: the way and it's frustrating but uh the food is great, the people are great, who doesn't want to a their Yeah, and that's the thing though, like I hate having to pay for parking. I think it's the stupidest thing that you have to pay for. It's like it's like what almost like forty bucks to park your car for like three hours.
1: Oh yeah. I mean and every year prices go up, so I remember when it was, like, 35 five years ago, and now it's 40. And I'm pretty sure when the Dodgers play, um, it's at least
0: 50, but I could be wrong. But that's just the stupidest thing to have to pay for. Like, for my car to be here for three hours, I have to give this person 40 bucks. I'm like, I just – I can't I, – get. I just hate it. But um, I want to thank you for being on the show. This was awesome, yeah. you know, um, spreading how you – suffer and what you do and you even gave advice on like how people can cope and escape, you know, um, um, yeah. their own mental illness. Um, and I, I, love it. Like I, the reason why I do this show, cause I have another show and I do, I do this show with three other girls and it's, it's just about like nerdy stuff. And we talk about video games. We talk about like, you know, pop culture movies and comics and all this other stuff. Um, and we talk about how we use those, to help us escape from depression, and anxiety. This particular show is just me and my own personal thing. Um, Very cool. So um, I love talking to people about it and hearing their stories, uh, but just because it's it's great for people who don't suffer to learn. And I learned something from you. I learned about keto. That's for sure. Um, you know and. <laughs> Uh I you know, and I'm pretty sure when I see you on Twitter you're gonna be talking about New York in about a month, so I'll be learning then too. But
1: yeah.
0: But now if people want to follow you on Twitter, um do you wanna give them your handle?
1: Yeah, my handle I'll throw it out because it's kinda long. Uh, it's A L E X A N D R I A R A E underscore. Awesome. <S-A-N-E-R-I-A-R-A-E-underscore. awesome. <S-A-N-E-R-I-A-R-A-E-underscore, yes.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. One thing you want to do if you do follow her is you probably don't want to talk bad about the cowboys, right? <laughs> uh,
1: I I'm friendly with the of I I'll never <laughs> Community. How are you a Giants fan? But
0: that's for them to find out, right? Well, you know, I'm sure my listeners that listen to this, they're probably not listening for the baseball stuff, though. I'm, I so, there's that, there's that, you know, but. Um, yes. I want to thank you again for being on the show it was extremely brave of you to be thank on thank so no nah, of course it was awesome so um, again if you want to follow her she's great and uh, um, she is an open book when she's on there and uh, I love when you know I love following people who tweet a lot you know because the thing is like yeah. I, when you tweet people I always like, constantly look like well they tweet like once every two weeks I'm like it's just a waste you know twitter should point. go to facebook yeah i mean you should tweet like everything like i like it for me it's kind of like it's like a journal it's just like this is happening right now
1: it is for sure Um, i'm sure i'm a lot for some people but
0: a lot of people love me so no yeah, you're awesome so thank, thank you thank you very much uh this is dan with alex on when a nerd starts over if you have any questions or you have any comments you can email the show at when a nerd starts over at gmail.com and we will see you next time